Studio Ervo and Bonfire Press present Essence House by Eric J. Cockrell and Chuck Pino. Read by Michael Goodrick. Chapter 19. Welcome to the Jungle. January 2020, Formosa, Argentina. This is the end, the grizzled mercenary stated flatly giving a nod to the two Argentinians setting camp in the small clearing of jungle brush they had come across. He sighed aloud and took a short swig of his water, before turning back to his charge. I warned you they would not venture any closer to the temple than they had to. The woman had paid his salary and seemed stubborn enough to make the remaining trek through the jungle, but he wasn't sure she had it in her to make it to their destination. I heard every single warning you gave, Stefan. Greta huffed, pushing aside the brush that surrounded the camp at random intervals, looking for anything that could have, at one time, been a path. It did not stop me then, nor will it stop me now. Are you attempting to sway me from a journey I've spent a long time planning and paying for? She placed her hands on her hips, her machete hanging from her wrist by a short hemp rope as it swayed and brushed against her leg. Have I not paid you enough to finish what we've started? The tall, muscular Australian chuckled and crossed his arms in front of his chest. I'm not complaining about the salary. I'm trying to explain to you that perhaps your headstrong attitude is not allowing their stories to sink in. Yes, I know you feel like they are the ramblings of a superstitious people, but this has long been considered an unholy place since it was desecrated by explorers. Those stories might not slow you down, but... There are tales as recent as earlier this decade of a swarm of acolytes that descended upon this very temple. They were very prominent for quite some time, but haven't been heard from in recent years. The blonde-haired woman slipped her hand into a pouch at her side and pulled out a folded piece of paper and handed it to Stefan. He pulled it open and scrutinized it as she watched him with a raised eyebrow. What do you see? she asked, watching his expression as he looked it over. What he stared at was obviously a printed picture, easily determined by the graininess of the photo. In the print, though, was what appeared to be a stone floor with multiple symbols that looked strange, not only because he had never seen them before, but because they didn't even look like they all belonged in the same culture. Symbols? he replied, unsure of himself. It doesn't look like they should be together, though. Greta took the picture back impressed. Excellent deduction. Those are the various symbols for Viracocha, Kronos, Ordur, Verdandri, Skuld, and Norsha. All of them gods of time or fate. More interesting, though, is that they are in a temple that is more than a millennia old, in the middle of a northern Argentinian jungle. And what are deities from the Incas, Greeks, Romans, Norse and Etruscans doing all the way out here? Stefan considered it a moment. Ancient colonialism? Greta shot him an annoyed look and he followed up with a shrug. I mean, at least the Incan god makes sense, so that's something. She shook her head and started back towards the brush. No, this was never Incan territory. They never came this far east. And as far as they did travel was as late as the 15th century. You're a right Indiana Jones, you are, he said, respect beaming out in his tone. She looked back from the trail she had discovered not too far away and shook her head. 
he fought the Nazis while my family practically embraced them. Besides, I'm more partial to Lara Croft. She took a few steps down the path, pushing branches aside when Stefan called out for her. I'm serious. This isn't a joking matter. At least stay here and help set up camp. It will be night in the next few hours. If you still want to press on in the morning, we will. She could hear the concern in his voice, but it didn't slow her down at all. Help set up the camp? I just want to scout ahead a little. Maybe open the trail up a little more for tomorrow. He seemed to buy her lie and turned back to begin helping the two guides with the tents and building a campfire. Greta had been held back by frightened men her entire life. A father who wasted their inheritance on frivolities and discontinued the search for the cornerstone that had been stolen from them almost 70 years ago. A grandfather who spent his life searching high and low for Alistair Simmons, wasting money on silly outings not too different from the one Greta found herself on now. The difference, she told herself, was that this was a vacation of sorts. She had focused on the family first, bringing them back from the brink of destruction and investing what was left of their holdings wisely to once more bring prosperity to the Sorensons and to their name. That provided the chances for her to take such a trip because she had focused in a way that her predecessors had not. Her machete swipes became more vicious as she thought about the life she had been forced to lead. Little girls were raised to love and listen to their fathers, but Greta knew from a young age that her father did not have things together. She was constantly questioning things, but the response was usually the same, because I told you so. That only lasts so long before someone is actually old enough to argue the points and isn't slowed by such words. The final nail in the coffin was when her father sold their ancestral property to purchase a small home in a nearby town so he could live comfortably with no worries but his own guilt. What he hadn't known at the time was that the anonymous entity that purchased their home was Greta. So, while her father wasted away in an armchair, she took a seat at the family throne and built back everything that had been squandered. When the museum was up and working and generating profit, she could now turn her attentions toward tracking down Alistair Simmons and Timothy Edmund, the men who had robbed her family of the mystical power source that had bestowed greatness upon the Sorensons in the first place. Her father had told her stories as a youth about how they had once had the power to travel through time. It was quite ridiculous, really, and she had grown out of the stories quickly. In fact, her indifference and sometimes utter disbelief in the stories had been what pushed her towards a business degree, the only way she foresaw the family getting out of its troubles. It wasn't until she had access to the books and notes of her predecessors did she begin to believe. The stories in the journals could be easy to dismiss if she didn't find sudden economic wealth coming into the family coffers every time someone made a trip to the future. The bookkeeping corroborated the stories of her youth. And all of that led her here, walking down a jungle path in Formosa, Argentina, trying to remember all of the survival training courses she had taken over the last several years, while also keeping herself focused on her goal of finding the temple that had been seemingly lost to the world. In her research, she had come across so much conspiratory silliness that it had often driven her closer and closer to giving up. The picture folded in her pocket, though, had been vindication that she hadn't wasted her spare time, 
when she wasn't investing in running the musée. A deep dive into the different deities based around time and fate had brought her to an article about a temple that had been discovered in the early part of the turn of the century. A cabal of cultists had taken it over and lived out of it. There were few details about the cult, its purpose or even reason for taking over the temple, but it was the photos that were unearthed that garnered the woman's attention. She couldn't tell if it had been a former cultist or someone else who had gone in to investigate, but the pictures of cultures from all over the world descending upon one singular spot, all dedicated to the study of time that had gotten to her. Greta stopped, having been lost in her own thoughts and listened intently. The sounds of the jungle, the chirping of insects, and the caw of jungle birds had silenced. She was completely alone, and she knew the danger that came with that silence. Slipping her knife into her left hand, she withdrew a pistol from her belt and held it at the ready. Her steps were measured as she crept through the scant trail, ducking some to keep her from the sights of any who might attempt some sort of attack. Her research into the area had proven fairly fruitless. This section of land had been considered unholy ground for as far back as Greta could tell. The local Weechi tribesmen she had been able to communicate with had informed her that no one went into that territory. She had initially hoped to ask them about the creation of such a temple and possibly glean some knowledge about its origins, except none of the local tribes built such structures. One more reason why this was considered a mystery. Greta found herself gasping silently to herself as she stared up at a stone monument some 30 meters away from her. The stone-faced looked to be a visage of the Incan god Viracocha, mouth open as though in warning. It made little sense that the Incas would come all the way out here just to build a temple. As she stepped out of the brush, she was able to take in a lot more of the structure. Most of it was still covered by trees and bushes, but what she could see reminded her of many of the pyramids and temples she had seen in her world travels. A stone pathway led directly into the opening of the temple that stood directly below the monument of the ancient Incan deity. Excited, she walked briskly forward, weapons still at the ready. When her foot came down on one of the stones, a jet of flame burst from the mouth of the figure directly at her. Diving aside, she found herself looking up to see the flames dissipate. Brushing herself off and standing up, she was more perturbed than frightened. She walked back over to where she had stood a moment ago and stepped back on the same stone. The jet of flame resumed, though this time she didn't move. The fire stopped some three meters away from her. She could feel the heat, but there was no pain and no chance of her being burnt. This wasn't made to harm, but to warn. More importantly, she had heard something that only made things stranger. She raised her foot from the stone waited a moment for everything to go still once more, and then stepped back down again. This time, she heard it all the more pronounced. A clip, followed by a quick second of hissing gas, before the flames resumed. She removed her foot once more and continued forward. She found herself stepping on the stone slowly, ready to dive if the flames came once more, but they did not. 
As she stepped into the darkened foyer of the temple, she replaced her knife and pulled out a maglite and shined it around her. The main section was completely clear, save for weeds that sprouted up between some of the stones. She looked up to find a wrought iron platform screwed into the stone wall. As she slowly stepped back to get a better look, she could see several old propane tanks attached to what she could only assume was a flamethrower of some sort. It was too high up to make out everything, but it didn't matter. It explained a lot. There was something much more modern going on here than any ancient civilizations. She wasn't disappointed as she wandered the halls of the temple, finding the symbols she had discovered in the photo all throughout, including others that hadn't been represented in the picture. What was strange, though, were the modern-day pieces she found here and there. An errant screwdriver, an old pen light, and at one point, the wrapper of a Twix chocolate bar. This must have been the cult. But what sort of cult subsisted on candy? There were many statues of all the gods she had seen, each one using the stone and art style of the cultures that worshipped it. Had someone brought them here? And if so, why? What was the point? Knowing what she was looking for, Greta made her way down a set of stairs that led her into an inner sanctum of sorts. This would normally be a place of worship, but save for an altar, she found little else. The altar had all of the symbols and features of the different deities she had found on the premises. There was something strange about the altar, though. It didn't take her long to realize that the top of the altar was askew just a little, as though it had been constructed just a little off. When she laid her hands on it, she found the top moved just a little. She attempted to lift it, but found it was far too heavy to do so alone. It budged a small centimeter at a time. If she wanted to see what was inside, this would take her quite some time. If she could open it up, she might be able to wedge a branch inside and prop it open. You're lucky you weren't barbecued back there, a voice rang out in the empty chamber. Greta wheeled around and whipped her pistol up, aiming it directly at her companion. Stefan Wilson, you bloody fool! You can think of a way to get my attention without me almost killing you? She yelled, nowhere near the calm, centered woman she usually was. Oh, there were lots of ways to get your attention, but none of them near as funny as this, he remarked as he strode up to see what she was doing. So, what do you make of this place? It looks like an old abandoned house my mates and I used as a party pad back in the day. He chuckled, and stood beside her to look at what had allowed him to take her so completely by surprise. I don't know about any of that, nor do I care at this moment. The recent inhabitants mean nothing compared to the creators. She motioned to the stone slab with her head. Help me move this. The two lifted with a series of struggled grunts and frustrated growls, before turning to simply sliding it across the top and pushing it off of the altar altogether. Stefan huffed and stood up while Greta immediately peered in. Inside was mostly filled completely by stone, save for a spot in the very center. To Stefan, it just looked like an empty spot with some strange markings inside. To Greta, though, from the many stories she had heard, this was a spot that would perfectly fit a cornerstone, much like the one that had been stolen from her family back in the 40s. All for nothing, it looks like. Stefan stated, 
a little disappointed. Greta ignored him as she whipped out her camera and began taking pictures of the interior and the markings inside. Ma'am, Stephen whispered after a moan of silence. What do you make of this? Behind them on the wall, inscribed with chalk, were the words, Suarez, he isn't here. Meet you at HQ. C-E-F. Greta stared at it for a moment and then waved him away. The cultists, I'm sure. Hardly anything worthy of our attention. Let's head back to camp. I have everything I need for now. As they made their way back through the temple, Greta took pictures all along the way of the statues, the various writings, and even of the few items left behind by the most recent inhabitants. She might be done here for now, but there were clues in these old writings. She was sure of it. When they had retreated to the camp and eaten, Greta set up her satellite phone and called her assistant. Milo? Yes, all is well. It isn't quite as fruitful as I'd hoped, but it isn't a dead end either. We have some research ahead of us, but it could point us towards what we're looking for, even though it doesn't get us any closer to finding our thieves. About that, miss, I think we might have lucked out. You received an email today. Here, let me read it to you. To whom it may concern. I recently stumbled upon your museum and its historical take on time and time travel. I have something you might be interested in, a site of wonder that I think might offer you a good chance to research time travel up close and personal. I'm sure you get some crazies from time to time, but I promise I'm not one of them. I can't explain too much more here, but feel free to call me. The site is known as Essence Corners in Sands Point, New York. I hope to hear from you soon. Sincerely, Tim Edmund. Are you kidding me? The woman blurted out when he was done reading. I'm in the middle of a South American jungle trying to find clues to the essence and this idiot just emails me out of nowhere? And Edmund? He's an Edmund? The same name and everything? Do you think he's an unwitting grandson to the man who stole our stone? Milo was as surprised as her. I can't be sure, madam, but this is too golden an opportunity to waste. What would you like me to do? Greta took a quick moment to think. Get an extraction team together and inform Mr. Edmund that we will be there in a few days. I'll be on the first plane home in the morning, Milo. Get everything ready and I'll be in touch soon. The two hung up and Greta sat in silence for a long moment. She could feel the excitement well up within her. She couldn't let herself get carried away, but... More and more, it was feeling evident. I guess I'm going to the United States, she said to herself as she began to ready herself for sleep. Time to end this. Theme music by Carol Cockrell. 